Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Philippians, chapter 1. And uh, let's read the first 11 verses. It says this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right says Paul, for me to feel this way about you, for all of you, since I have, I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Hmm. Saying, Saying goodbye... It's interesting that um, the whole thing about saying goodbye, you know, don't you, that the root for the phrase goodbye is an old English expression, which is God be with ye. God be with ye. So saying goodbye is really a shortened form of saying may God be with you. I kind of like that, don't you? I kind of like that. In life, we all have times where there are situations, uh, scenarios, jobs, churches, or people that we have to say goodbye to. And uh, I I just want to take a few moments just to talk about this today about what it means to say goodbye, and also sometimes the best way to say goodbye, uh, if you like, a biblical way. First of all, saying goodbye is a part of life, isn't it? Come on, talk to me. Is it, is it all part of life? I think so. It's all part of life. Saying goodbye is, is a, a part of life. It's not something we can avoid. You can't be with the people, even the people you love, you can't be with them forever. And it's part of the order of life, isn't it? 
There's a time to be born and there is a time to die. I, uh, I'm trying to get out of dying as best I can and I reckon you should do the same. But there is, there's a time for me and uh, there's a time where this life will not have me. There's a time when Jane and I will be together. There'll be a time when we won't be together. Not because we had a row over the fact I burnt down the flat while she was at youth camp. I don't mean that. But we were separate one day through, through, through death. There is a time for everything. And it's a painful thing. It's a painful thing. We don't like to say goodbye to people that we care about. We don't like to do that. Partly because we care about them and partly because they, they care about us. And losing someone who cares about us can be quite a painful thing to have happen. Some say goodbye in a kind of a temporary way in as much as I've uh, watched Jane, as you know, many of you know, Jane uh, has uh, a 19-year-old daughter, 19, go, you know, going on 39-year-old daughter. And uh, I watched her as a mother, you know, have to let her go. And how painful for her. So that's another way of, in a sense, saying, saying goodbye, letting go of something, not being able to be in control of it anymore as much as you can control a teenager, right? So saying goodbye is something we all have to face. It's interesting. It's something we all have to do. And it's, and it's painful. It can also be quite emotional too. Uh, I remember I'd had three years at a, at a training college and uh, there was coming a day when we would all meet in the college refectory, you know, the place where we eat, uh, to say goodbye. So we've been on this course together for three years. You know what young people are like. Very emotional and really feeling like, you know, um, connected in. Because we'd all live together. And I made up my mind. I am not going to cry in there. I am not going to cry in there. So we all arrived and it, clearly everyone had taken the same vow. We are not, we like each other, but we don't like each other that much. And uh, a dreadfully emotional time. I was crying, they were crying, even the people who served the chips were crying. And what was funny was everyone swapped because uh, we didn't have Facebook and Twitter in those days and emails. It was just addresses. You remember that when you had an address? Remember that? And everyone's swapping addresses. And as we're swapping addresses, everyone said, said the same thing. I'll keep in touch. Well, that was uh, 17 years ago. And I ain't heard from too many of them. And they ain't heard, not too many of them have heard from me either. But there are a few that we stay connected with. But it was painful. It's painful to say goodbye to a loved one. I, I want to assure you that I've done a few funerals in my time, as you may know. 
And I'll get together with the family. And the family will say to me, you know, let's say it's for Uncle Bert. We really want this funeral to be about Uncle Bert. I say, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I get it together. But do you know, I'll tell you a little secret. Actually, I don't really do the funeral for Uncle Bert. Because Uncle Bert isn't there. I do it for the people left behind. And at a funeral, people are sad because someone's gone, but they're sad because they are left behind. And sometimes, you know what? You've got to cry. Sometimes you've got to be emotional. Sometimes it's appropriate to hold it together, and other times it isn't. Shall I just give you something from the Bible? Dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit. And there's a time for everything. But there's a time to be devastated by the loss of losing someone. There's a time. It's not that that shouldn't hold any time. And I know that in some cultures that's not permitted. You see people going into funerals and you know what they're, they're doing exactly what I did when I went into that college room. Let's Hold it together. And it may be appropriate in a public place to hold it together. But some people have really got to cry their tears. But do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to do it. It's a godly thing to do. It's a godly... I don't know, some people are more weepy than other people. But... Uh, But grieving and being sad is not a non-Christian thing to do. It's a Christian thing to do. And of course, it's a human thing to do. So saying goodbye is painful. The other thing about that is that it's, of course, important once we've said goodbye to adjust So while we're talking about having an emotional response, it's equally important to adjust. And people have to adjust. The thing about goodbye is that it should be, uh, although it's a sad thing to do, it's also a doorway into a different future. And one that you must step through. I want to say something, but I want to be careful not to say anything to break any confidentialities. Many years ago, the person I'm going to talk about is probably not known to anyone here now. But many years ago, there was a beautiful girl in this church. I mean, there still are beautiful girls in this church. Can you say amen? amen? Yeah, that was the women said amen there. Many years ago, there was a beautiful girl in this church. Beautiful girl. I mean, she's just a joyful spirit, you know. And I was away at a conference. I didn't know her all that well. 
She was the kind of person who came to the church sometimes. And it's hard for me to know people like that. You understand that. So I didn't know her all that well. But I was away. I think I was in Wales. I was. And I got a, I don't know what it was. Probably a text or a voicemail. Probably a text. To say that her, she just got married. And her husband had just been killed. And they had just been married just, you know, a few months. And I was a long way away. And I didn't know all that well. So I made my way back. I, I couldn't return immediately. But after, I think, three days, I was back and I, I said, please can I see you as soon as I, as soon as I get back. And I sat with her. You're just in this room over here. And I, I want to tell you, I was, I, I was a bit nervous. Because I didn't know how I'd feel. And I didn't know that I'm supposed to be the minister. I'm supposed to have some words of comfort, but I didn't have any. Right? Sometimes, can I just tell you, there are no words. Is it true? There are no words. When I was a a teenager, a friend of mine, his mother died. And he was a teenager. And everyone ignored that young man after his mother died. Everyone ignored him. Not because they didn't care about him. And I was one of them. I ignored him. I'm ashamed of that now, but I want to tell you why. I ignored him, like all the other people ignored him, because we didn't know what to say. And years later, we became very, very good friends, and we still are today. And he said to me, he told me, everyone just abandoned me when my mum died. He said, I wasn't expecting them to have any clever words. I just wanted them to be there. Well, it's a lesson, isn't it? So sometimes there are no words. So I arrived here. I remember it was a Monday afternoon. I arrived here to see this beautiful, newly married girl who just lost her beloved one. You arrive and you feel stupid to say, how are you? Or some stupid comment like that. But you have to start. And I remember that meeting. Because God had touched her and was her refuge and her strength. And I was shocked. Not by the fact she didn't care about what had happened, but the fact that because she was a Christian and a real one, not a fake one, she had rooted herself in Christ. And God was her strong tower. And she didn't need me at all because she had the real pastor in her life. But she said this to me. She said, Peter, I will never recover, but I will adapt. And I I just, I'd want to say, where did you get that from? But she got it from God. That's where she got it from. And sometimes when we face 
dreadful loss. We will never recover. But we will adapt. Sometimes, I I say this to people, and they, they look at me a bit funny. But I sometimes say to people, you're not supposed to recover. How can you recover? But you can adapt. And I share that with people all the time. And they look at me like, that. that's clever. I don't like to tell them where I got it from. Because it's not mine. That came out of a heart of a lady who walked with God. So when we say goodbye, it's painful. It's going to happen to all of us. And it's painful. But we have to We have to adapt because the future needs us. Many, uh, I've been to a hospital where a father and a mother were there and a lady had died and was lying in the the ward. And I went in to see her and uh, there she was. She, beautiful, but, but gone. And I was there with the father as he told the children, you've lost your mum." And they were all so shocked. But those kids, you see, they needed their father to adapt. And the future needs us to move on. It needs us. So adjusting is vital. So while we should have an emotional response, actually to be 15 years later, still under that same grief, that's, that's not God's will either. And finally, of course, here, Christians never truly have to say goodbye. When we are in Christ, we know that death is not the end. Can you say amen? That death it really is just a doorway. Death is the consummation of, our, of all that Christ has done for us. Where, O oh grave, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting... Of death is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are Christians and we lose someone, of course the funeral is the place to say a goodbye. But it is a place of also knowing that actually we're going to see each other again really soon. One very wise pastor once put it like this. When you go to your child in bed at night and you kiss them, it's very rare for a parent to go into a bed, next to a bed and kiss the child and say, goodbye. (laughs) You imagine doing that? Goodbye. Look at you like, what's this? Where are you going? Not goodbye. 
Good night. And see you in the morning. When Christians gather together and someone has gone, we don't say goodbye. We say good night. And I'll see you in the morning. Hallelujah. I got you to look at Philippians 1. And uh, there's a reason. (laughs) I want you to look at verse 3. Let's talk a little bit about how we say goodbye. How do we do it? Because not everyone that we say goodbye to has died. Sometimes we say goodbye to a friend, a work colleague. How do we, how do, we do it? How do we do it? And I'm saying this very much uh, in the knowledge that Joy and Edward are about to launch forth to begin a new sphere of their ministry in um, Bedford. And this is their last time with us. And so a little bit of this just helps us today to say uh, goodbye to them. And uh, I suspect it will be more a good night and see you in the morning with them too. But here just a few things. Paul, in writing Philippians, just going to take five minutes just to share this with you. Don't worry about it. It being too long. In writing to them, you have that real sense that he's missing them. And uh, verse 3 says this, I thank God, I thank my God, every time I remember you. So here is the first thing. How do we say goodbye? We say goodbye with thanks. He says, I thank my God every time that I remember you. I'm grateful to God in all my remembrances of you. And when we say goodbye, we should say goodbye always with gratitude to God. Because the time we have had together has been precious. And it's a mark of a mature person, certainly a mature believer, to say, you know what, although things are coming to an end now, I want to be glad of the time we had together. And just because things are over now doesn't mean that all the time we had together has gone. It hasn't. It's there. All our memories, all our laughs. You know, there are some friends that I don't get to see now because I live on the other side of the country and some of you are on the other side of the world from some of your, some of your closest family or uh, friends, of course. And so I don't get to see them and maybe there will come a day when I won't ever see them again. But boy, have I got some great remembrances. Have I got some incredible memories. And I want to live in those memories sometimes. Enjoy, re-rehearse again. Replay again in my mind and in my heart some of the wonderful times. I think it's a good thing to do. And in all that, we're giving thanks to God. The Bible says this, that every good and perfect gift is from above. If you've got a wonderful friend, then this is a gift from above. Especially if they're 
a good and godly friend. Remember, the Bible says a companion of fools suffers harm. So factor that in too. But all are good our good friends, all of our good associations. These are gifts from God. Every good and perfect thing comes down from above, from the Father of the heavenly lights in whom there is no change, says James. Jesus said, all good things around you are sent from heaven above. All of our friends, all of our colleagues, all of our family members, these are gifts from God. And we should live in a state of thankfulness because none of these associations will last forever. None of them will last forever. Not exactly. And so we want to be thankful for that. So the first way to say goodbye is to say goodbye with thanks. Secondly, with prayer. Look at verse 4. After he says that he's grateful to God, he says in verse 4, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. He remembered them in prayer. Let me throw out this little challenge today. Some of us, including me, and most people in the room here, are separated from members of their family. They're separated from them. Some of them may may ring at any time, maybe in the middle of a service. It, it can happen. No. We'll just let it go for now. It's probably the Polish government. <laughs> or was it Cambridgeshire Police? No. We're separated, aren't we, from, from loved ones, many of us. Let's remember to pray for them. As well as Maybe being unhappy with the fact that we're not with them. We should remember to pray for them. Some of you are separated from your, your father, your mother, your brother. Let me encourage you. Make the distance in prayer with those people. He remembered, although he was separated from these Philippian colleagues, he remembered to pray for them. He remembered to pray for them. He was grateful for them. He prayed for them. This is how to say goodbye. Thirdly, how to say goodbye? To say goodbye with purpose. With purpose. He says in verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul recognized that he was a part from the Philippians. He was not with them, but he recognized that him being here and them being there was part of the plan of God. I want to say that again. Because he was aside from them, away from them, he didn't see that as the end of the world. He saw it as a part of the plan of God. And You can say to yourself, here I am, I don't even know what I'm doing in Britain What am I doing here in Cambridge? What am I doing here when some of the people I love are so far away? I want you to understand today. Will you just grasp a sense that maybe you are supposed to be here and they are supposed to be there? That maybe as uh, 
as uh, um, the word of God says in Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 18, where there is a revelation that God sets people where they should be. That God has a plan to put you in a certain place at a certain time. And God has not planned for everyone you love to be next door. And we can somehow embrace that by faith. Now it's expensive, it's costly to us. But we have to sometimes say, you know what? Through the eyes of faith, I see something different. I don't see something going wrong, I see something going right. That I'm supposed to be here. And those loved ones, I mean, you've got to, you know, you know, give it to Paul. He wasn't Skyping them, you understand that? He wasn't doing a, a video call. Do you know, I tell you the other day, I did my first video call. I've never done one before. I did a video call. Isn't it just amazing? And as I did the video call, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to look impressive. Here I am. This is something from Star Trek to me. Do you understand that? What on earth is happening? I'm doing a video call. And the guy on the other side looks at me and says, it's nice to see you. Can I borrow that movie? Borrow the movie? Now look behind me. And there are a whole load of DVDs on the shelf. I thought, high definition, I don't like this. (laughs) Paul didn't have any of this. And so although we are separated, although we are separated, yet we also live in an age where we can easily... Um, called people. I know that your 82-year-old mother is not really very good at Facebook. I know that. But I want you to catch a sense that when we say goodbye, we say goodbye with purpose. That we are supposed to go this way and they are supposed to go that way. And we walk in the, in the plan of God. Finally, finishing with this. The next verse, verse 6, we say goodbye with godly confidence. With godly confidence. Because here's a great verse, verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What a great, it's a great verse of the Bible, isn't it? He who began a good work in you will complete it. Paul was separated from these Philippians, but this was his assurance that although he wasn't in their lives anymore, God was. Although he couldn't minister to them anymore, it wasn't really up to him to sort out his friends' lives. God was going to bless them. And he had this confidence in saying goodbye that although they were apart, yet God's purpose in his friends' and family and colleagues' lives, would be fulfilled. Hallelujah. So how do we say goodbye? We say goodbye with thankfulness to God for our friendship, for our association. We say goodbye with, with prayer, with an assurance, a real assurance that we must pray for those who are aside from us with purpose, believing that God has a plan in it all, and with confidence that God is going to look after those that we cannot. And then he finishes with this prayer. And here's this 
extraordinary prayer. This is my prayer, he says, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory praise of God. Let me finish with this. Sometimes God can surprise us. He can surprise us. There's a very, very emotional scene in the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 20, towards the end. And in Acts chapter 20, Paul is in Ephesus. He gathers all the leaders and he gives them one final sermon. It's so long that somebody dies during it. They do. They come back alive again, but they fall out of a window and die. That's long. Don't you be telling me I'm long. Have any of you died yet? No. He was long. <laughs> we want to you know, give out on CD Paul's last sermon. Is it as, how many CDs? 16. They're all four hours long. He was long. But at the very end, they're all on a beach. They kneel together on a beach. And he says this to them, I'm never going to see you again. And if you read the very last verse of Acts chapter 20, it says something like this. They were, they were distraught. And it says, what hurt them most of all <laughs> was that they would never see him again. It's an amazing little bit of the Bible. The very last verse or two of Acts chapter 20. He says, you'll never see me again. And they all wept because they were never going to see him again. What's interesting is this. That when you read the letters of Paul, you find something out. They did see him again. Because a bit later on, just before his death, he visits Ephesus again. Now, because Acts was written in a certain time, of course, it doesn't include that because this happened after Acts was published. It's a living, breathing book, the book of Acts. It wasn't written a hundred years after the events. It was written at the time or close to the time. And there was a day when all those Ephesian elders suddenly saw Paul walking back in through the door of their church. They thought they would never see him again. They were looking at each other going, didn't we weep our heads off? And here he is. Because God surprises us. Let me encourage us to do the goodbye thing in the most godly way we can. And the Spirit of the Lord will help us and for those torn by the terrible wrench of grief, I give you this promise. You may not recover fully, but you will adapt. You will adapt. And you're going to be okay. 
thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.